Hi, my name is Dr. Christy Lewis, and I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor and holistic nutritionist. I've been in practice for well over a decade and treated thousands of people. Something that keeps me up at night is if people know what to do, then why are they not doing it? If we are all trying to live our best life, then why do we compromise, sabotage, and avoid ourselves from making choices that will ultimately rise us up? A basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it may seem, is very difficult to implement. Hence the birth of this podcast. In between visits are short and sweet shares where I will answer your questions about how to stay on track, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey. See you in your struggles, affirm you in your challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hey, it's Dr. Christy, and you are listening to In Between Visits. Thanks so much for joining me today, and welcome back. It's 2020, and this is my first episode of the year. I took a little bit of a a break away from the podcast over the holidays, which was really nice to have a little bit of space um, from from work and from patient care and reconnect with my family, get a little bit rejuvenated. I love, love my work, but I try to practice what I preach because I'm um, like anyone, uh, I need a break and I need holidays and uh, just time to chill. So I got lots of that. And over the holidays, a few long walks, some conversation with friends, some meditations, it came to me that I really wanted to shift the format. So 2019 uh, brought the uh, brought the first episodes of In Between Visits, and I love doing them. And now I want to move into more of like a Q&A. So what, um, why I want to do that is because I really want to get you, the listener, involved, and I want to answer your questions. Uh, and uh, there are certain questions that come up day in and day out of practice, and you know, you're not alone with these questions. And so I want to be able to share, you know, share my viewpoint, share my years of experience, my expertise with certain aspects, still working with the lifestyle, medicine, components, sleep, stress, movement, nutrition, and mindset. And the other thing I wanted to make sure is that, you know, it was relevant to you and that, uh, it was going to be impactful and supportive of you and your health, your, uh, goals in in between visits. So this is what I'm doing and I have my first question today. So the first question came from a long time patient and the question is about sleep and it's one that I probably hear the most, um, most often. And it's, the question is, why is it that I have no problem falling asleep, but I can't stay asleep? So this is an awesome question because a lot of people, when I'm, you know, when I'm in um, chatting with patients about sleep, it's a question that obviously comes up. Uh, anyone who knows working with me recognizes that sleep for me is kind of probably one of the be all end alls. You know, really, if if you don't have quality sleep, then it's really hard to achieve optimal health. I myself, as I shared over the years, have had different challenges with sleep. And I love this quote, research is me search. So whenever you know I'm hearing about different challenges with sleep that patients are having, different solutions, I've you know talked to different colleagues, my ears really perk up because this is an area not only do I think it's so important for, for really achieving optimal health, but also something that I have managed within my own health history. So one of the things that I hear is people will say, you know, no, I don't. I'll, I'll say, how is your sleep quality? And they'll say, oh, it's fine. Uh, no, I don't have insomnia, but I wake up every 
every night at 3 a.m. or every night at 2 a.m. And, you know, they would just really kind of normalize this pattern for months to even years. Many people don't want to take conventional medications because it kind of makes them feel rotten the next day. So they sort of learn to leave, live with this sleep deprivation. And so the, what, we, what we label this as far as, you know, a title or even like a, a diagnosis is sleep disrupted insomnia. So you fall asleep, but it's the dreaded middle of the night wake up. And this isn't like, oh, I'm, I'm waking up, I'm tossing and turning, I'm you know, going to the bathroom and I'm falling back asleep. No, this is, you know, you wake up and you feel like you could potentially clean out a closet and make muffins, uh, only to fall back asleep somewhere around 5.30. And then of course the alarm goes off at 6.30 and you just feel rotten all day long. And so what I want to discuss today is really why this could be happening and even offer you know, some simple but impactful lifestyle choices that may help you to actually uh, you know, move away from this, this pattern that can be so detrimental to your health. So, you know, if, if you're not actually getting into restorative sleep, you know, really, you know, that's going to be an issue. And so people will say, I'm falling asleep and I'm waking up. So what that tells me is that you're not actually moving into relaxation response. And so there's two set points in the body and it really is relative to our nervous system. So we have our fight or flight, our sympathetic, our kind of get stuff done uh, mode in the body. And then we have our parasympathetic or rest and repair. And that's what we need to be able to access at night. So what for a lot of people is happening is you, in essence, you pass out, but you're not actually moving into the full parasympathetic relaxation response that is required to get into a deep sleep. So you're exhausted. You know, these are people, um, if this is sounding like you, you know, you fall asleep on the couch at like 7.38, you know, you were reading your, your child uh, a book and you crash, uh, you know, or you're, you're, you yourself are in bed reading a book and you fall asleep before you even finish sort of the first paragraph. I can't tell you the number of times I've reread sentences over and over again because I just am so tired. And the problem here is that yes, you're crashing. Yes, you're falling asleep. Yes, you're passing out, but you're not moving into that deep sleep that you are required to be in in order to move from flight or flight into relaxation. And so therefore it takes very little to to wake you up in the middle of the night, whether it be, you know, some, some, um, noise pollution, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, the snowplow goes off in the middle of the night, maybe it's your husband snoring, or maybe it's even like a little bit of light coming in. And so because you're not in that deeper sleep, it takes very little for you to wake up. And then physiologically, when you wake up, you're secreting a hormone called cortisol and cortisol is like our get up and go hormone. And so then you end up with this like wide awake uh, aspect in the middle of the nice night. And so the goal here is to move into a deeper sleep. There's all kinds of strategies around when you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, get up, get out of bed, um, you know, maybe go and have a glass of water, take off your clothes. Studies show that when we are naked, we sleep better. Um, so there are all kinds of kind of strategies, but the reality is that your sleep, your sleep is still disrupted. So in order to avoid that, a solution would be to 
actually move the body into relaxation before bed. And this is a bit of a tricky sell for patients because myself included, when you're so tired, the last thing you want or feel like you need to do is like a meditation in bed, like a progressive meditation where you're really getting that cue. I myself listen to, uh, listen to it. I find yoga nidra, which is available online. It's a, it's a type of yoga practice. I find progressive med- meditations from people like Tara Brock or Pima Chandra. These, these are um, ways where you're getting actual cues. Uh, so I throw in my earbuds and actual cueing to, you know, relax the toes, relax the calf muscles, relax. And it really moves that body from that fight or flight into more relaxation before you fall asleep. So the take home message for this first aspect as to why you might not be falling asleep and into a deep enough sleep where you stay asleep is really practicing relaxation before you go to bed to move the body into relaxation and thereby allowing yourself or having your body be in a state where it will stay um, stay in that restore, restoration for the whole night. And I know, I hear you folks, it's a tough one to do when you're already really tired, but I promise you there is a huge return on investment. So you do that so often with so many aspects of lifestyle choices we make, it's what we do before that has an impact on where we're going to be within that moment. So doing this before you go to sleep will have a profound impact on preventing or ensuring you don't wake up in the middle of the night. So that's number one. The number one is help your body get into that relaxation response before you go to sleep. Number two reason why you might be waking up in the middle of the night has to do with metabolism or even digestion. So having a having your blood sugar drop uh, before you know in the middle of the night or even the opposite having a really heavy meal and having your body needing to digest so food and when and where we eat will have an impact on our ability to stay asleep through the whole night so one thing that might be happening for you if you're waking up in the middle of the night is that your blood sugar may be dropping so this can happen for two reasons one is maybe you've had like a really sugary snack before bed you know you've had a couple oreo cookies or um you know a bowl of ice cream so what happens is your blood sugar is fine you go to sleep but you're go- you've got that spike of insulin and then you get a crash and the crash actually a lower insulin level or like a crash response, the blood sugar lowering is going to actually cause your body to increase cortisol. So stick with me here. Cortisol, as I said, in point number one is this hormone that is going to increase Um, and cause you to wake up. It's our get up and go. So here you are, you've had something to eat, you crash, no problem, but somewhere around the 1, 2 a.m., you're getting this cortisol surge, which is actually causing you to wake up and even disrupt your melatonin levels. And melatonin, as we all know, is what keeps us asleep through the night. And so what you want to be mindful of is making sure that you're not having, you know, a sugary snack right before bed, 
and actually even having something that has a little bit of protein. So I'm really, I'm really against uh, a lot of this heavy fasting that's happening right now. I think it is disruptive to our, our glucose levels, intermittent fasting beyond, you know, sort of 12 to 13 hours. And I will definitely bring that up. I have had patients ask me that all the time when we get to the nutrition section, but intermittent fasting can also be disruptive to our sleep. So I'm not talking about having, you know, a cheeseburger before bed, but I am saying having something with a little bit of protein before bed will actually support our blood sugar balancing. The other thing it does is it also gives us, when we have a protein snack, it typically protein has an amino acid, not all proteins, but many protein sources have an amino acid called tryptophan. You know that like turkey, what's in turkey, the, the post Thanksgiving exhaustion that we all feel? Well, turkey has tryptophan and tryptophan is a precursor to melatonin. And remember folks, I was saying earlier, melatonin is our hormone that we want um, to keep as high as possible at night because that keeps us in that deeper sleep. And so having a protein snack before before bed will not only keep our melatonin levels um, you know, in check, it will also ensure that our blood sugar doesn't drop causing us to increase cortisol disrupting melatonin. So I know that's really heady, but hopefully you're following along with me. The take home message for that is small, high protein snack, a couple, and again, a couple tablespoons of like Greek yogurt, maybe a glass of soy milk, um, having a tablespoon of almond butter. So again, not cheeseburgers and a plates of nachos because the opposite will happen. So much like I said, too low blood sugar is a problem. If your body's trying to digest at night, you're not getting restoration and recovery. Your body is focusing on digestion and that is going to be another reason why you wake up in the middle of the night. So take home message, not too much protein or not too big a snack, but certainly something to help regulate the blood sugar. So the examples I provided, as I said, you know, um, anything with a little bit of protein and um, anything that's going to kind of be uh, able to digest within, you know, sort of a half an hour to 45 minutes. The other reason, so that's number two, the other reason why you might be waking up in the middle of the night is because of what's happening through the day. So if your body is disrupted through the day, if you find yourself in a chronic state of sort of that fight or flight through the day, then you know what, friends, that's just going to be mirrored at night. So we talked so much about what's going on with the sleep disruption. Sleep disruption is really when cortisol gets spiked and it dysregulates your melatonin. Melatonin drops, cortisol rises, and you end up in this uh, awakened state. So we talked about that could be because you never, it never came down before bed, meaning cortisol never came down. We talked about how something you're eating could cause it to be spiking before bed, or if you're not eating before bed could be a spike. And then this third reason is if it's happening all day long, if your stress response is maladaptive all day long, meaning cortisol up and down, up and down all day long, then that's going to happen at night, folks. Just because you go to bed doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to move into this lower cortisol curve at night. It's going to mirror what happened through the day. So much of our sleep is really relative to the external cues we provided. So solution to that, you know, the reality is, friends, is that you're still going to walk away from this podcast, turn it off and, you know, be a, be a professional with a long commute, two kids, a dog, homework, uh, groceries. So our lives are busy. 
Our lives are busy. Our lives can be stressful. It's the moments that we take through the day. And again, I'm not talking, you know, 30 minute sit down meditations. I'm talking deep breaths, three to five. Studies show for in inhalations with an for a for inhalation and for exhalation is going to put your body into that parasympathetic response and if we do that through the day then we're not getting these high spike cortisol or stress responses that then will actually cause us to make make sure that that's not happening at night either so the solution here breathe through the day three to five belly breaths will keep you balanced through the day i love the concept of any transitions you know how many times are you transitioning from one meeting to the next or from dropping your child off to to your commute or from getting out of the car and going into the grocery stores. How many times are you transitioning and can that be an external cue for you where you take literally 15 seconds, do a few breaths and bring that stress response down? The return on that investment is actually gonna be a better quality night's sleep. Another aspect is really mindful of external stimulants, right? I'm a coffee drinker. Don't take my coffee away. The reality is, as we're drinking a lot through the day or even into the afternoon, you're getting stimulated, which is that cortisol up. And then what's going to happen is you're still going to be getting that stimulation through the night. So I would say, you know, mindful of the stimulants, mindful of your breathing, and really check into that stress response, the physiological response to all the demands of life. You know, if you can manage that through the day, you're absolutely going to get a better quality sleep and a sleep that's going to keep you, um, you know, through the night in restoration. The last thing I'm going to talk about today is really key to me right now because it's something that I'm noticing more and more, which is hormones shifting. So this could be a whole you know hour-long podcast. I did want to touch base on it because the reality is, is that when you are in your perimenopausal years, when you're PMSing, um, what can end up happening is you have these hormonal shifts that will have an absolute disruption in your sleep if they're out of balance. And so one of the things that will happen when I'm working with um, insomniac patients, whether it's difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or both, is I'll talk about when they notice this um, insomnia to be worse. And so many women are finding that it's worse before their period. And this makes a ton of sense physiologically. So if your body is estrogen dominant, meaning that you have excess estrogen relative to progesterone, and this often shows up in diagnostics when you work with a naturopathic doctor or even, you know, this a different or other symptoms will present itself in a way that shows us that this is happening in your body. Then what will what happens is you get a lot of restlessness. So again, crashing, falling asleep, but waking up in the middle of the night. It's probably one of the biggest perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms that I see. We all know about hot flashes. We all know about um, mood changes. Sleep disruption is one of the hugest things. And of course, you can imagine it becomes that vicious cycle. So 
Again, when we look at sleep relative to hormones, we want to move back to how do we keep the hormones in balance? How do we ensure that the symptoms, because remember folks, perimenopause is a stage of life. It's not a disease. The symptoms that we're experiencing is telling us that our body's having a difficult time with the adaptation or the transition to this shifting internal hormonal environment. So again, speaking to a naturopathic doctor to get sort of more of an assessment, but definitely ensuring your liver is is working well, you're having regular bowel movements, you know, you're you're, um, ensuring that you're eating lots of green leafy vegetables and staying lean, right? Making sure that you're trying to hold on to as much muscle mass as we move through the aging process. So definitely a conversation for your naturopathic doctor, your conventional doctor, but I think, you know, certainly it would be lost on me to, to not talk about hormones and changing hormones environment and its relationship with sleep disruption. So, you know, these are the four things um, that I see typically the most common cause uh, for the very frustrating uh, uh, challenge or symptom of falling asleep and not being able to stay asleep. So looking at your blood sugar, looking at your stress response, looking at your shifting from the fight or flight to restoration before you fall asleep and checking in with your hormonal health. Certainly making sure that, you know, we are being responsible. So talk to your naturopathic doctor, conventional doctor, because there are other things that could be happening. Sleep apnea, overactive bladder, prostate issues, thyroid issues. These things, you know, we want to make sure we're ruling out before we like really lean into what is happening with lifestyle factors and how is the choices that you're making to the day Um, influencing how you're sleeping at night. So that's it for my first 2020 podcast in between visits, the Q&A style. And thanks so much for the question. You know who you are out there who sent me that question. So thank you. And please keep them coming. Um, you can definitely connect with me at christy at drchristylewis.ca. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Next time you come in and see me in the clinic, please, I'd love to hear these questions. And another huge option is, I mean, this is definitely something that I want to throw out as an opportunity. If you ever want to be interviewed, we all have a story to tell. We all have a voice and people relate to people. People relate to other people's journey. And so if you're feeling courageous and open and you want to share anything relative to naturopathic medicine or lifestyle choices and some of the influences that you've had or it, it, it has had on your health, I would love that. So please, again, reach out to me and let's make that happen. Notes for this show can be found at drchristylewis.ca. And um, yeah, have a great day and we'll, we'll uh, connect with you soon. Bye.